and welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Todd Spangler, New York Digital Editor with Variety. Today, we're talking with Brian Fenson, Head of Content Partnerships at TikTok. TikTok, in case you didn't know, is the immensely popular social video app that has taken the world by a storm. Last month, the company said that it had more than 1 billion monthly active users, which makes it one of the fastest growing online services in history. Now, TikTok has been challenging the likes of incumbents like YouTube and Instagram for viewing time as this highly personalized app that brings together a stream of dances, memes, comedy bits, all kinds of content, really. And of course, lip sync videos. Brian, thank you for joining us on Strictly Business today. Todd, thank you so much for having me. It's really great to be here. So let's start out. Can you describe uh, what you do at TikTok? Well, Todd, I, I think I have the best job in the world. We get to help creators on TikTok really unlock their creative potential and, and in a lot of cases, uh, help make their dreams a reality. And that's a pretty awesome thing for all of us. Now, we define a creator uh, as any account who publishes content on the platform. We have a direct one-to-one -one relationship with thousands of those creators from some of the most followed household names like Addison Ray and Bella Porch to creators just starting their TikTok journey, uh, literally, as we record this podcast. Uh, we also look after celebrities like Will Smith and Martha Stewart and athletes like uh, Jimmy Butler, DeAndre Hopkins, and Gabby Douglas. But we, uh, we don't stop with just those individual personalities. We're also here to support kind of the more corporate publisher community where we specialize in sports accounts like the NFL and ESPN, um, brands in fashion and beauty like Condé Nast, lifestyle publishers like BuzzFeed, and all the big entertainment studios, networks, and streamers like, like MTV and Net, uh, Netflix. Uh, and we even have a group that helps nonprofits like the Aquarium of the Pacific and the It Gets Better Project grow on TikTok. Um, so in, in addition to all that sort of one-on-one -on -one, uh, growth strategy and audience development support, uh, we're leading things like creator marketing, creator monetization, creator education, and community development. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's a lot to keep you busy, I guess. Um, tell me, what is it about TikTok that um, has really led to its rapid rise like this? What's the secret sauce? Yeah, the secret sauce is really about community and about entertainment value and entertainment quality. When we think about um, the perfect blend of serendipity and discoverability, uh, that, that serendipitous, I didn't even know I wanted that, mixed with the customized content in your For You feed, that content that feels so uniquely for you, that's kind of what really sets this platform apart. The incredible opportunity to discover new content uh, and for others to discover your videos, right? My, my For You feed is different than yours, and, and I think no two feeds are the same, and that's really what makes uh, the platform special. So it's this artificial intelligence technology, this algorithm that knows what I want before I know that I want it. In a sense, I think so. Again, it's, it's the blend of, of that perfect sort of for you quotient that takes everything that, again, you think you, uh, you want to see and everything you know you want and, and blends it into that perfect user experience. Now, I... Describe TikTok as a social video app, but the company 
is um, positioning itself as more of an entertainment destination. Is that right? Yeah, that's what's so unique about TikTok is that is that we're not a social network. We are an entertainment platform where cultural trends really start. You know, when you think about uh, the trends that have begun in food, right, the, the feta pasta trend or uh, Emily Mariko's salmon bowl trend or the, the TikTok made me buy it phenomenon or, you know, Ratatouille, the musical where the, the community really galvanized uh, the creation of something major in entertainment. It's again, it's that for you feed and that discovery that's able to really present the most entertaining and diverse content that, you know, you might not have other ex otherwise experienced or seen. Uh, and that's something that a social graph, you know, isn't going to serve you up. Um, that, that 1 billion users around the world that you talked about and, and the fact that no two for you feeds are the same, uh, that's really the kind of that entertainment powerhouse that um, allows you to kind of experiment and find your voice and, and really deliver a great entertainment, you know, video by video. And I know that um, Squid Game memes have been trending on TikTok of late. Uh, <laughs> they're they're pretty weird and hilarious at the same time. Um, talk to me about you know the case. How do you make the case to partners for how to best use the TikTok platform, whether that's for monetization or you know promoting their own brand? Well, the very first thing that we start with, Todd, is is to experiment and to find your voice and to be authentic. Um, you know, the, the creator journey is, is a long one. It can be a long one. And it's, it's obviously different at every single stage along the way. And so in the beginning, again, it's really just about coming to TikTok and having fun and unlocking as much creativity as possible, uh, finding that voice. And then along the way, as creators, you know, tend to get a little bit bigger, uh, you know, they've found their voice and, and they've started to really build that audience then all of those additional layers, we, we work with creators to really identify how to build a livelihood on the platform. You know, so many um, small businesses that, that really began, you know, sort of creator led have bubbled up. And so that's something that we think about a little further down the line, but it's, it's full life cycle uh, consultation as we work with these creators. Now, isn't a big part of the appeal for TikTok is that it's a lower barrier to entry maybe than some other platforms in terms of creating content. You know, it's quick, it's easy. There are these tools that, that you can use to make your, your videos look great. Um, you know, to what extent is TikTok appealing because of the format and the creator tools versus the content discovery mechanisms? We want to make it easy. Yeah, you, you nailed it. I think that when we think about all of the different uh, product and platform innovations, everything is in service of our creators and, and our users. And so when creators are coming to TikTok and we want to make it as, as low lift as possible, we want to be able to unlock that, that creativity and that expression. And so whether it's, um, you know, utilizing music to tell a story or it's, it's working with these creators to find, you know, kind of an innovative format that um, if you were to, to look over a creator's shoulder and the sound were completely off, you know, could that content, could that story be as easily translatable? These are, I think, the kinds of, of tools and tips and tricks that we um, really espouse in all of our creators as we're talking with them about, you know, how to, to, to find their voice on the platform. Now, TikTok started with really short form videos and then went up to 60 seconds. Now you recently launched longer maximum video times up to three minutes. 
and you're testing up to five minutes. What's the reason for that uh, bigger canvas? Yeah, we launched longer videos so that creators could have an opportunity to create even richer storytelling and entertainment on the platform. You know, when you think about all the different ways that the community has really redefined content, you know, creativity, expression, and entertainment in under 60 seconds, uh, it's, it's a pretty exciting thing to see how people continue to really entertain and inspire with a few more seconds of, of narrative in a world of creative possibilities. You know, cooking has been this huge uh, uh, breakout category for us as creators can go much more in depth with recipes and tutorials and things like that. And when you go back and sort of look at uh, the, the growth of the cooking category in early 2020, um, creators like Flaky Salt and, and Cooking with Shireen and Eton kind of set that blueprint for what a great short video uh, recipe video could look like. And, and I think, you know, it's been harder for chefs and, and cooking enthusiasts to really condense those complex recipes into less than 60. Now they're able to really extend, you know, that narrative to include more detail and they're finding massive success. And, and we're seeing it beyond cooking as well. Uh, these tutorials and story times, there's a, a wonderful creator uh, named Michaela Noguera who does makeup reviews and tutorials. And so again, it's just giving a little bit more breathing room to creators' ability to tell stories. You know, Frank Michael Smith is another one that uh, does sports recaps and commentary. And I think when even when you allow for some of the, the, the bigger, uh, more established media entities, you know, when we're talking about uh, clips from Comedy Central or top plays from the NBA, more, more time to kind of let those stories unfold really is, is landing with our, our user base. And, and I think is really allowing the creators to think about more experimentation and storytelling as well. Okay, so the longer video segments that you're allowing now, I mean, that does uh, potentially put you more in competition with YouTube, um, where content that might've only been shared on that kind of a platform is now coming to TikTok. What, again, is the, the difference as the way you explain it to content partners and creators uh, of what TikTok is good for versus, you know, mm -hmm. anything else that's out there? Yeah, look, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, we, we think about, you know, competition uh, as, as more of that kind of rising tide lifts all the boats uh, adage. You know, there are platforms out there who are doing incredible things in their space. And, and again, what we're looking to do is really be an entertainment platform. That's what differentiates us. Um, and we know that, you know, creators and partners are, are looking to be ubiquitous, but we're here to create the best content ecosystem to really push those innovative uh, product features forward and continue to support our users and our community. Now, what's your feeling about content created on another platform that's posted to TikTok or the other way around? TikTok videos that people share on, I don't know, YouTube shorts or Instagram reels. Is that, is that okay with you guys? We're seeing a lot of that, that two-way sharing that's happening. I mean, we have a number of sharing features that allow for uh, creators to make content on our platform and, you know, use the ubiquity I was talking about before to really, um, you know, kind of amplify their content. And, and that's something that, you know, we absolutely, uh, you know, talk to our creators about a lot and, and that we uh, stand behind. We want to make sure that you know, as many people see our creators' content as possible. And, you know, the, the awesome thing about content that originates on TikTok is that it has that TikTok branding, that watermark. Uh, so I think that's where, you know, we're really starting to see not only our creators' content, but also the brand proliferated uh, out, you know, in as many places as possible. Now, Brian, I wanted to ask you, you know, what are some common mis 
misconceptions that you hear from creators or you know industry partners about TikTok, what it is and and what it can do? Yeah, it's a great question, Todd. I, I think you know we talked about this a little bit before. You know that that TikTok is a social network. Um, you know, we aren't a social platform. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you talked as well about, you know, kind of lip sync and dance. We really are an entertainment platform. You know, we're a place where culture starts. Uh, we're being connected across different cultures and communities. You know, when you look at, at, at where musicals and Broadway have really found a home on TikTok, right? The Ratatouille musical, right. the grocery store musical, and, and all these incredible trends and hashtags, uh, hashtag Broadway and hashtag musical and theater kid, we're talking, you know, billions of views in app. Um, so that's, I think, a, a really powerful way to, you know, punctuate the fact that entertainment starts here, culture starts here. Uh, we're seeing partners that embrace the platform and, and really share, you know, their brands and, and their messaging in entertaining ways. Benny the Bull, uh, that's the Chicago Bulls mascot, has become, you know, as big as some of the teams and, and even the leagues on the platform, you know, Lionsgate, Netflix, are bringing content in sort of the traditional capacity to the TikTok platform, almost to create that that sort of water cooler effect. And so it's redefining traditional entertainment in a lot of ways. The Aquarium of the Pacific, I mean, who doesn't love a cute otter and being able to, you know, again, really take watching uh, animals and, and, and sort of learning about, um, you know, water life and, and, and creatures, you know, beneath. All that stuff, I think, really creates an entirely new entertainment quotient that you can only find here. Um, that diverse, you know, ecosystem of content uh, has evolved even beyond that. Fashion, food, you know, there's book talk and clean talk and feta pasta and TikTok made me buy it. And again, I think that's that's the power of, of our ecosystem and our community um, that goes well beyond a social network. My kids, by the way, they're teenagers and they, they tell me about, I think it's dark talk or <laughs> weird talk. There's there are these sub genres of uh, content that that you can find if you um, if you're interested in, in sort of strange animation and things like that. Um, so it can encompass encompass just about everything. Um, you know, on this point though, Brian, there's this idea that TikTok is mainly used by teenagers. Right. What's the reality? And, you know, are there specific things you and your team are doing to either counter that idea or, you know, expand the audience? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked, because I think that kind of fits into the, the common misconception bucket as well. You know, we have a community of, of more than a billion users. They come from all backgrounds, all age groups, all walks of life. And I think the beauty of TikTok is really how it serves as a generational bridge, right? It connects people of all ages through fun and, and joy and creativity. And where I think, you know, we've seen a lot of millennials and Gen Z flock away from other platforms because, you know, they don't want to see mom, dad, grandma, or Uncle Jimmy, you know, commenting on their feed and, and posting cringy videos. TikTok really feels like a welcoming platform for all ages. One of our favorite creator accounts, the McFarlands is a dad with his two grown sons. And what, you know, what Dan and Dylan and Colin have really shown is how multi-generational TikTok can be. You know, as much as we love Charlie and Dixie uh, for, for their success as individual creators, what I love most is when you can see how special and close-knit a family they are, right? One of the most successful live streams from any Demelio account was Taco Night with, with their entire family. And it's, you know, it's, it's parenting that we're seeing, uh, you know, really flood the platform. There's a, an awesome creator, Dad Life Jason, 
with 11 million followers. And you know, it's a lot of heartwarming videos of dad life. And that's something that really resonates, you know, with me as a, as a parent, he's fostered three children. And you know, I think he's showing kind of the, um, you know, the, the, the in-depth detail of, of what being a dad is all about. And, and I think that's something, again, that really speaks to our diversity uh, in terms of creators and users. We've got teachers on TikTok, you know, chem teacher Phil is, is, is teaching science. Uh, you know, he teaches high schoolers, you know, as his day job, but he's teaching, you know, again, everybody on our TikTok platform, um, you know, how to do experiments and, and really, um, you know, bringing that science to life in a, in, a, in a meaningful way. And if that's not enough, we've got grandparents as well. We're, we're coming up on one of my favorite times of year, uh, the holidays, Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, where, you know, uh, again, multi-generational families are all, you know, together and, they're, they're uh, participating in trends and just having a heck of a lot of fun. And I think that's, again, what, um, you know, we are doing to, to bring more of that type of content to the platform every day and really balance out uh, the experience for everyone. Good. All right. Um, now, you talked about TikTok supporting creators. I guess, first of all, what is the revenue sharing model with creators and how has that changed over time? Yeah, we have a number of, of monetization solutions for our creators and it kind of falls into three buckets. Uh, there's sort of platform to creator, there's a brand to creator, and then there's fan to creator. Um, today, right, th there are ways through the creator fund for the platform to creator uh, solution to be delivered. Um, you know, that's more of a, a kind of a performance-based uh, solution. Brand to creators is thriving alive and well. Our uh, business solutions team, you know, work with with some of the biggest brands on the planet, and those brands are are looking to work with our creators, you know, day in and day out. And I think we're seeing so much more wonderful collaboration that's uh, really paying off. That you know, don't make ads, make TikToks mantra, mm -hmm. and and obviously, you know, driving uh, livelihood and and you know, monetization for our creators. And then you know, things like live uh, are again ways for fans uh, to really lean into the creators they love. And um, you know, creators are are finding you know, really meaningful revenue opportunities through those avenues as well. Uh, now, as TikTok has matured here, I mean, I guess you're still sort of um, young in your early teens in terms of the life of the company, maybe even less than that. But, um, you know, you become this way for creators to be to really hit it big and, you know, sign with music labels. You Bella Porch, who started out on got notoriety on TikTok and she's now got a record label deal. Um, you mentioned the D'Amelios who are doing projects in all kinds of uh, different media. Uh, how is that changing the complexion of, you know, the creator ecosystem on TikTok? Creators are, are growing uh, in, in fame and notoriety every day. Um, you know, the, the ability to have their careers really catapulted, um, you know, from being on TikTok and, and gaining, you know, again, that notoriety, that, that uh, fandom. Uh, is only growing. We've seen, you know, incredible Hollywood success, uh, Addison Rae right. starring and he's all that, uh, you know, again, a, a movie deal and, is, is about as big as it gets. And Netflix just uh, ordered, ordered another movie. They did. Yeah, they did. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those things I think where, you know, creators can really come onto the TikTok platform and, and start out, you know, as kind of known uh, for one thing and, and over the course of their journey, 
again, that experimentation really helps to unlock these other avenues, these passion points. And that's, that's what my team, you know, and I are really here to do is to help uh, cultivate those passions and, you know, make connections and, and help elevate the creators. You, know, you mentioned the Demelios uh, with their Hulu deal. I think though, you know, one of the most um, amazing stories is uh, Kabi Lame, who, you know, is an Italian creator who's a factory worker. And he's now the second most followed person on TikTok, you know, a global sensation. And that's just a story that I don't think happens, you know, anywhere else in, in, in any, you know, uh, corner of the world where, you know, someone like Kabi, um, just by simplifying, you know, the, the, uh, the overly um, complicated can become, you know, such a, a, a unifying force around the world. The Korean vegan uh, quit her job, you know, as a partner in a law firm to become a full-time creator. Uh, she's going to be releasing a cookbook soon. We just wrapped Fashion Week in New York City and Milan mm -hmm. and in Paris. Seeing creators like Wisdom, you know, on the runway and, and especially knowing where his journey began with some of the world's biggest fashion icons, Brian Boy, you know, it's, it's a true testament to the springboard that the platform can offer. You know, agency deals are... Are, are as big and as frequent as ever before. Taylor Cassidy, Brittany Broski, you know, CAA getting in on the act with folks like Julian Bass and Madeline Turner and, and Bowman, uh, Martinez Reed. It's really incredible. And, and I think small businesses as well, Todd, like these, these businesses like Panoli Blue Tortilla Chip um, in, in Kansas, they saw their sales increase like five times after one viral TikTok video. So it's not just happening to you know, the traditional kind of entertainment space, we're seeing this incredible growth, you know, across the, the board from, you know, so many different creator accounts and, and uh, you know, kind of cohort types that are all finding different levels and, and uh, you know, types of success just from, from growing on TikTok. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the, the best way to um, sell TikTok as, a, as an ad platform is just to point to the engagement that you guys experience. Um, by the way, I have to correct myself. Netflix actually did a multi-picture deal with Addison Ray. So uh, fans of Addison Ray, you can look forward to more of that. Brian, let me ask you this. Um, and this has been a question, you know, for other platforms too, like YouTube. How do you keep, you know, these mega successful creators on the platform? How do you keep them from you know, going elsewhere. What's really incredible about this company uh, are, is the interest level that, that exists on the product and innovation side to really work closely with the creators to make the things that will allow for creators' creativity to be unlocked. So I think it's, it's continuing to innovate and, and build, you know, kind of the platform of the future for creators that really echoes the things that they're looking for. And that's, again, those are creative tools there's monetization uh, solutions as well that allow for creators to think about, you know, how do I build a livelihood on this platform and, you know, take, uh, you know, the, those monetization uh, benefits and reinvest that back into more content. I think, you know, the work that we're doing to elevate uh, and, and really push creators, um, you know, into other areas or help, you know, them uh, in, in ways that, you know, businesses that they want to build or areas that they want to push into. These are all ways I think that, Again, our value proposition continues uh, to pay dividends, um, you know, for the creator community. And then, you know, I think the creator community itself, like that idea of community, bringing creators together. One of the, you know, the pillars of our business is 
the development and, and thinking about you know diverse identity communities. We recently built and stood up our Black TikTok community, uh, our Latinx TikTok for Latinx Creatives initiative, our partnership with Macro uh, was something that was was just launched. Th these are ways that we can again bring creators that sort of identify under the you know the umbrella of of community together to make more content to share stories and and ultimately to grow as as creators as creatives and as individuals um now you mentioned um black tiktok creators there has been something of a backlash from that community um i mean was this group started for you to address um some of the concerns from black tiktokers the Black TikTok community uh, that we that we stood up and that we started was something that um, you know was was in the works and we were developing. Um, we've been developing for years. I think the fact that you know so much has happened culturally uh, that obviously have brought you know a lot of our Black creator voices to the forefront is you know it, it gives us an opportunity to really listen and hear some of the concerns that um, you know that our Black TikTok creators and and really I mean that's that's kind of the idea of community in general is to really be able to listen and, and hear uh, the things that creators want and the, you know, the things that creators want more of. Um, so I would say that, you know, what our black TikTok community gives us the ability to do is to, is to listen and to learn and to hear, you know, all the things that, um, you know, our creators want out of a platform like ours so that we can address that. We can, you know, work with, uh, our product teams to build a better product. Uh, we can work with our marketing teams to, you know, do a better job of, of elevating and, uh, and marketing creators. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the idea of community in a nutshell. Okay. Um, now, you know, like any other internet creator platform, um, you know, TikTok has issues with misinformation and, um, you know, harassment and things like that. I know the company has invested a lot in trying to combat this. Uh, what are creators asking you for? And I mean, I guess this is just an ongoing part of uh, life in the internet video world where, you know, the development of protecting users and their fans is never done. It's true. Yeah. I mean, safety and well-being. These are the things that creators are asking us for, and these are the things that are, you know, of utmost important to, uh, importance to us. Uh, the safety and well-being of our users is our number one top priority. Um, you know, that's true of, of our creators uh, across the board. You know, we, we look at digital well-being resources that our safety team have built for the community. Um, you know, we, we have in-app resources that uh, obviously are, are there for the mental health of you know, all of our users, but especially our creators to kind of, you know, take a time out. And, um, you know, we, we talk with our creators often about uh, just the, the hard work it takes to, to make, you know, not on this platform, but on any platform and to continue to tap into that creativity. And so we're here to provide, you know, again, uh, tools and resources to unlock creativity, but to do that, you know, with a mindfulness toward mental health uh, and safety. And so, um, you know, we have in-app tools as well that, that address harassment, that uh, whether it's in the live environment or, you know, in, in feed, we're working toward ensuring that we can identify uh, those behaviors in-app that, you know, may tend to, um, you know, hurt our, our users, hurt our creators or stifle creativity. And, and again, you know, our, our mission is to unlock that creativity 
uh, inspire that creativity and bring joy. Um, and, you know, I think the idea that we, I think the New Yorker article uh, years ago said we're the, you know, the last sunny corner of the internet hmm. and everything that we're doing for creators is intended to keep it that way. Brian, you've been uh, with TikTok a little more than uh, two years now. You joined in July of 2019. Before that, you were at full screen. So you worked in the creator uh, economy business for a little bit of time. Um, you know, how has the industry itself changed over the years? And in your time at TikTok, what's changed about TikTok? Yeah, I mean, I, a lot has changed. I think the very first thing that we point to is, you know, the fact that, um, the exponential growth has been undeniable, right? Just this month, you know, as we talked about, uh, we surpassed a billion users around the world. I think in the last year plus, uh, the pandemic really changed the way that, you know, as human beings, uh, we connect with one another. And we saw so many people come to TikTok for you know, joy and connection, a bit of levity, uh, entertainment during a difficult time. And I think that what has really changed in, in entertainment is, you know, a little bit of that, that disintermediation, right? There's, there's so much more fan to entertainment connectivity that exists, no matter what medium you're talking about. And I think that's a really interesting and, and unique competitive advantage for us because, you know, on TikTok, uh, the, the walls are broken down a little bit and, and there does feel like more interaction, more authenticity, more connection between the entertainment you're watching and, um, you know, and, and the creator who's creating it. So I think as we continue to see those changes in, you know, in Hollywood, for example, uh, take shape. And, uh, you know, I think again, you know, as, as a, as a byproduct of the pandemic, you know, we saw more entertainment, um, come, you know, direct to consumer. And I think direct to consumer is something that we're going to continue to see as well in, in entertainment, in commerce, uh, across the board, you know, where, these, these fantastic creators that we work with and, and who tell you know, stories on our platform every day are gonna be able to get even closer to the fans that love them. Um, Brian, I'm curious to get your thoughts on Vine, right? Which was maybe the original super short form video app. Twitter bought them and then you know, after a couple of years shut it down. Uh, I guess they couldn't find a, a business in that. What's What's different about TikTok? Was it just uh, right time, right place? Was it um, you know a better mousetrap? I think it's a little bit of everything. Um, you know, the creator elevation piece and and really fostering and nurturing the relationships with our creators mm -hmm. is something I, I know uh, that our platform you know does differently than 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 most. You know, that community building. Um, you know, certainly monetization is a big part of it as well. Um, you know, I, I know enough to be dangerous maybe about, you know, kind of the rise and fall of Vine, but I know that a lot of creators, you know, wanted to sort of understand what's next. And, you know, as they were, again, spending a considerable amount of time, you know, bringing content uh, to that platform, you know, understanding, you know, how, how do I make this a longer term sustainable uh, endeavor. And that's, again, I think when we think about, you know, those three buckets of monetization, the, the platform to, to creator, the brand to creator, and the fan to creator, those are three things that, you know, we're only going to continue to build and grow so that, you know, creators, small businesses, et cetera, can really, you know, um, invest in, in building a livelihood on our platform. 
So those two things, I think just, you know, supporting creators being, you know, much closer to the content creation experience and really helping to cultivate and develop, you know, them along their journey and, and, you know, figuring out where monetization fits along that journey and, and having, you know, great solutions that continue to evolve and innovate over time are, are I think where, you know, we are able to really step up and, and uh, fill that white space. Okay. Uh, now I'm going to ask you about this weird thing that happened last year. Uh, I know you can't talk a lot about it, um, but you know Donald Trump wanted to force your parent company, ByteDance, to sell TikTok to you know uh, American owners have uh, that that uh, control change hands. Um, that's kind of old history now, but you know how did this affect um, the folks working at TikTok and the creators? I mean, there was some uncertainty at the time, but you know, I assume you guys just were heads down business as usual as much as you could be. Yeah, I mean, it, it is old history. Um, we're laser focused on delivering the best product experience, the best creator experience, and, and ultimately, you know, the best platform uh, the world over. And, and that remains our focus. It's, it's easy, you know, to get distracted by, you know, lots of things that happen out in the world. And certainly, you know, as I talked a bit before about, you know, some of the cultural influences that have really, um, you know, helped to build some of the, the most important pieces of our business, like, uh, you know, our, our sort of community architecture. Um, you know, we certainly are not closed off to the things that happen around the world. But again, our focus is on building the absolute best experience for our users and for our creators, and nothing's going to deter us from that mission. Uh, Kevin Mayer had been hired to uh, to run TikTok last year. He left after three months, I think. Um, what did you think of that? I mean, he's a bright executive, came from Disney, had a lot of success. I mean, I guess that sort of uh, that sort of thing is just par for the course. Kevin's a great guy and a, and a really smart executive. You know, I, I had the good fortune of, of working with him a little bit when I was at Hulu uh, and he was at Disney and, you know, we worked together for a brief time here as well. Um, that, that is what it is. We, uh, again, you know, continue to just focus on our mission for our creators and our platform and, um, you know, are really excited for the future. Now, what are the next big strategic content initiatives or product initiatives for TikTok? Yeah, well, I can't, you know, go too far into specifics. Uh, I can say that, you know, we're constantly experimenting with new formats and solutions that make it seamless for the community, the creators, the partners, et cetera, to make entertaining videos. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, content going a bit longer form. Um, you know, that's, I think, one great example of, of where the platform is headed in terms of, um, you know, long-term uh, content, you know, bets and, and, and initiatives and things like that. Uh, as an entertainment platform, you know, we're going to continue to foster that diverse content ecosystem and continue to push from, you know, more content genres and, you know, different types of content to be really prevalent on the platform. Uh, our uh, creative learning fund that we launched um, about a year, year and a half ago was really meant to bring, you know, more educational instructional content to the platform. So whether, you know, we're working with discovery uh, you know, as they cover, um, you know, Elon Musk's rocket launch into space, or we're talking about, uh, you know, small businesses, you know, kind of teaching you how to woodwork or, uh, you know, how to, how to sort of hack Excel. These are all areas I think that we're going to continue to invest in is just bringing that, that diversity of content, more creators, more voices, 
more storytelling and narrative to the platform so that no matter who you are, you know, what walk of life you're from, what your interest level is, when you fire up the TikTok app, there's something for you and that you see your interests, your culture, your people uh, reflected back at you. Um, so big picture, Brian, how would you, how do you see TikTok um, evolving in the bigger picture ecosystem of media and entertainment at large? Is this synergistic with, you know, traditional film, TV, music, or is TikTok, you know, becoming a major uh, kind of media that people consume independent of traditional entertainment? Yeah, I love this question. I think it, it speaks to, you know, so much of that entertainment DNA that, that we've talked about. Our community and, you know, their ability to really spark these global trends is unmatched. You know, we've become a destination for our community, not only to, to be entertained, but to really express themselves in ways that they haven't been able to on, on other platforms. And because that community is so engaged, you know, it's, it's like a few seconds of creativity can turn into these, these major cultural moments. Um, you know, again, I think when you look at Ratatouille, uh, the musical, and the fact that, you know, this, this sort of theater nerd community that is so passionate and so creative and so just incredibly committed to, you know, telling stories and, and doing so through, uh, you know, that kind of musical theater genre, the sky's the limit in terms of new entertainment that can be created that is born of our community. So I think, you know, in many ways, um, we're kind of a, a talent discovery mechanism, like, mm. you know, the likes of which has never been seen. I, I think a lot about Lauren Michaels for some odd reason and, you know, and, and just the SNL kind of talent cultivation machine that Lauren has been for so many years, decades. And I think about, you know, that, that sort of idea that comedians and chefs and entertainers and musicians and, you know, just talented, amazing, creative people get their start on this platform and go on to become, you know, the movie stars or the, the music artists or, you know, the, the Broadway stars of tomorrow. So I think there's a ton in that kind of crowdsourced community casting and, and discovery of talent that really, again, sets us apart and, and puts us in a unique space. Um, you know, we talked about Charlie and, and Addison becoming prominent in, in Hollywood with, you know, their, their shows and their films. Um, we talked about fashion trendsetters again, like, the fact that you have creators like Wisdom, um, you know, and, and Brian Boy that are now, you know, standing on, on runways in Milan and in Paris, I think shows you that we are a springboard in that conversation. And even I think traditional entertainment companies are starting to think a little differently about how to program for a, a platform like ours. You know, they're, they're going to have their shows and their films, but what's the the ecosystem, what's the, the sort of, um, you know, second screen experience is such a, a challenging word that I don't always love, but it really is like that water cooler narrative that, that community centric, um, you know, way to tell that story and, and building out characters more and going into fan theory and just really thinking about ways to dimensionalize that entertainment uh, that you're already seeing through traditional channels is, is where TikTok again, occupies a really unique white space. And I think it is the future of our platform. Mm. The, you, well, you mentioned Saturday Night Live. They have, they have a channel on TikTok. It has right now 3.4 million followers. I guess they got a little bit to go to get, uh, to get the 1 billion <laughs> uh, MAUs that you guys have. 
But, um, you know, the, the clip, the 40 something second clip of Kim Kardashian's monologue, you know, it's got 6 million views. So that's, you know, just enhanced reach and, um, you know, reinforcing their business. I mean, I, that's I right. Think, yeah. I think content owners are to some extent uh, arms dealers, you know, they don't care where it goes as long as it doesn't disrupt their existing business models, right? They're not putting the full show of SNL on TikTok. And uh, I guess you wouldn't support the full show on TikTok in terms of the length, but anyway. Well, look, um, look at the Olympics. I mean, the Olympics, I think, were another great example of a way that, you know, this big cultural moment, which obviously has its traditional, you know, distribution set in, in very kind of traditional broadcast channels, it, it, you know, TikTok became the place to see what was happening, to follow along with, you know, the medal count and to see these like amazing moments of athleticism and, you know, just like feats of acrobatic. And, and again, the TikTok platform was a place where the conversation started. And that's, I think that, you know, the other unique thing about TikTok is that there's a conversation that's happening around all of that entertainment that you just can't get, you know, from kind of the traditional art on a wall, you know, kind of more passive experience. Um, we complement that in such a, a unique way and create that community conversation that goes, you know, and spreads virally around the world. Yeah. And I mean, you, well, you mentioned that uh, the conversation happens around the content, but that's sort of uh, ancillary to the video first visual approach. That's right. It's complimentary for sure. Yeah. Last question, Brian, for you is um, what do you watch on TikTok? What's what kinds of videos does the algorithm say you like? Yeah, I love that. Um, my, my for you feed is 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 unique. It's different. I think um, I am deep into voice actor TikTok. Uh, there is a creator named Joe Gaudet who does the most spot on Arnold Schwarzenegger, Ryan Reynolds. He does like a, a Marty McFly, Michael J. Fox. Uh, like nobody's business. I, I, I just love that stuff. It just amazes me that that people can, you know, uh, <laughs> can be that uncanny. Um, I, you know, I, I have uh, I have two boys who are, you know, very active in sports and in baseball in particular. And so baseball coach TikTok, there's a, uh, a creator called Coach Ballgame that I absolutely adore. And, and I see a lot of that, you know, wh where it allows for Again, that relativity, you know, seeing what other parents are going through on the platform, anything parenting, really, anything that'll help me better relate to my kids, to my wife, and just to, you know, this experience that I think all of us as parents are going through to some extent, no matter how old, you know, our kids are. Um, and then really like anything DIY. I mean, as much as, you know, my team and I were really behind this educational, instructional content push, it's really like a personal passion of mine as well. So anything you can teach me, especially... Uh, I, I'm a little bit uh, DIY challenged. Um, I'm embarrassed to say I'm, I'm not. I'm not the best around the house. Anywhere I can pick up tips and tricks on how to, you know, uh, better fix something in my home or you know learn how to make something. Uh, it's just incredible the way that you know that step by step tutorial format, both in the shorter form, you know, kind of uh, sub one minute, but now in the one to three minute can really like, you know, get your, your uh, frame of mind around how to dig in when it's not something that might be your, your core skill set. So that's what my for you feed looks like. How about yours? What does yours look like, Todd? Yeah. You know, TikTok thinks that I like a lot of talking cat videos and uh, Jack <laughs> Black uh, comedy bits. 
which is, you know, happens to be true. So there's that. And um, there also, there's this genre of like really cool Rube Goldberg type things that people set up to play music. It's just, it's really fascinating. And uh, there's so much creativity out there, Todd. It's, it's unbelievable that folks are, are, you know, presumably just sitting around uh, with all of this amazing talent, you know, kind of locked up. And the fact that we came along as a platform to really give people an outlet to be, you know, their, their, their best and brightest creative selves, I think is a really special thing and something that, you know, our world really needs right now. Cause again, there's just so much creativity out there and, and I want to be able to, you know, to unlock that and share it with everybody. Brian Fenson, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Really great to chat with you. Thank you, Todd. Likewise. And that's this episode of Strictly Business, Variety's podcast featuring conversations with media and entertainment leaders. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. Thanks for listening.